This is the St. Long Chinas' Baptism Podcast Channel. This is going to be episode number, thir- uh, I'm sorry, number 53. Uh, quick programming note before I start the episode. Um, I think from here on out, those of you who do occasionally tune into my episodes know that with my episodes, I put the title on the episode from now on because my titles or the ideas for my episodes are turning into uh, long sentences. I'm going to go ahead and just uh, put the the topic of the show note or I'm sorry, the topic of the episode in the show notes. Having said that, let's get started, guys. All right, give me just a second here. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, amen. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory, and exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. Amen. So, the topic for this episode is the quote, it's mentioned a couple times in the gospel, so um, um, those of you who read your New Testament have probably heard the part in the gospel where um, uh, Mary Magdalene, I, I don't think that she's named as Mary Magdalene in, in Catholic tradition, the woman that um, anoints his anoints his head with the uh, expensive fragrance and then uh, cries on his feet and wipes him with her hair. Um, some of the, well, not just, not just the Pharisees, because he was at a, a Pharisee's house and they were having a banquet, but his own disciples, uh, Judas Iscariot in this case, was primarily mentioned it had to be the book of John, because uh, I'm sorry, the gospel according to John, because uh, St. John, I got to get out of my Protestant habits. The gospel according to St. John, I, I think that this is the only gospel that mentions who the disciple was or what Judas Iscariot was actually doing. Um, Judas, you know, uh, kind of snaps on Jesus and he's like, why are you letting her do this? That money that she, that or the, the the that perfume she just poured over your head, could have been sir, uh, sold and uh, given to the poor. Depending on which version of the Bible you read, um, the price of the ointment was around three hundred silver pieces. I think, or no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, somewhere between thirty. 30 and 300. I don't remember exactly, but it was it was a month's salary. It was a month's salary for a uh, a, a Jewish working man. 
in Palestine at that time. And St. John in that gospel says that Judas didn't really care about the poor because he was basically skimming money. He, he was in charge of, you know, the purse. He was the treasurer. You know, if, if, if the group needed something, he was the guy who got their stuff. He wasn't really worried about the poor. What he was upset about was that, you know, he had a chance that that perfume had been sold of skimming some of that off the top and using it on himself. But that's not the topic of this. But Jesus looks at Judas and the Pharisees because the Pharisees are wigging out because they're like, don't you know who this woman is? And he basically tells them it's not the well that need a doctor. It's the sick. And he tells Judas, he says, don't bother this woman. She's preparing me for my burial. Now, anybody who's familiar with the Gospels know that the, the apostles had no idea what Jesus' mission was until the descent of the Holy Ghost on them in the upper room in the book of Acts. And by the way, uh, it is recorded... I believe in the book of St. Matthew, uh, Gospel according to St. Matthew, that even St. Joseph and Mother Mary, that he was referring to his earthly mission, and sometimes he would say things, and they're like, what's he talking about? I, what's Jesus talking about? So... After he tells both these, you know, both Judas and the Pharisees, you know, and uh, if you're familiar with your with your New Testament, you know that these were the uh, Judas basically turned Jesus over to the Pharisees. So he's, you know, these he's he's basically speaking to a hostile crowd, and he tells them too much who has been given. Much is required. There's a particular reason that I chose this particular scriptural passage. A lot today in today's society. Oh, and before I get into the meat of what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to give a disclaimer. Everything that I'm talking about, I've either been guilty of in the past or I'm guilty of right now, but I'm attempting to work with the Lord and His Blessed Mother to get through it. But a lot of people nowadays, they're surface level and they're natural. And in case I haven't made it clear, um, I'm, I'm not excluding myself from that description. I'm not excluding myself. And a lot of people, because this was when I was, you know, following the Martin Luther um, scriptural reading theology uh, class, I took it at its surface meaning, or I'm sorry, 
he says I can interpret the Bible any way I want to. I took that passage to mean that because the woman had broken a very expensive bottle of ointment on his head, that um, that what what he was telling the Pharisees and Judas was that well, if you if you have a lot of means, or if you're comfortable or whatever, then a lot's going to be expected of you. And it wasn't until. It wasn't until, I'm just going to say, come to my senses last summer, that I realized that even it applies to all believers. It applies to all believers. It doesn't matter your station. It doesn't matter if um, you're a literal slave in some country. It doesn't matter if you're some poor farmhand. In Europe or America, it doesn't matter if you're a uh, well-off, middle, uh, upper-middle-class person in America or Europe, and you're very comfortably well-off. It doesn't matter if you're um, wealthy, relatively speaking, of course. That requirement is meant of all Christians. Now, I'm going to explain where I'm coming from here. And I'm going to use myself as an example. I've also come to the realization in the course of doing this podcast that some of the best ways to teach are to relate this subject matter to your own experiences. Now, I do realize a long time ago I did say I was going to try to keep the personal Anecdotes to a minimum, and I've come to the realization that as long as I'm not telling you about, you know, uh, my food deliveries being late or I had a bad day at work or whatever, that using myself as a personal example will probably help illustrate my point better. And not just that, though. Given the tone that, you know, given the remarks that I've received over the past almost year now, that Lord willing, it will help you to realize that um, I am not just some self I'm sorry, self-righteous jackhole spouting off the mouth that I'm as I'm doing these episodes, I'm Lord willing, uh, growing in the faith and growing in spirituality. Anyhow, so from my own personal experience, over the past since last summer, it's been almost a year, so quite close. Actually, it's pretty close to a year. I had a lot of time because. At the time, there were no buses running to where I was working. I had to walk to work, and it was a mile each way. It took me about a half hour. And I had a lot of time to think when you're walking. As a matter of fact, well, I can't use my military experience as a 
as a uh, reference because when we would go on, say, a five or a ten mile road march in basic, I just basically turned off my brain and just walked. Because it takes you hours to walk that amount of time. And you can't stay inside your head that long and stay sane. Anyhow, but it occurred to me. And by the way, um, I get reminders here and there of stuff, of things that had happened to me in my past where I realized through God's grace, through His Blessed Mother, that um, wow, this could have ended up so differently than it did. And yet, not only did this experience um, it was a good learning experience. And at the time, you know, obviously when you have a bad experience, at the time you're just, you're PO'd and you want to take somebody's head off. But when you have a time, uh, a little time away to, to reflect upon and, you know, get it out of your system, you realize it was a good teaching experience. And I got, I came, like I said, it wasn't just last summer, it's been throughout this, you know, for the past year, the God in his grace and his mercy, I know I talk a lot about that, but I'm not using this as a catch-all term. I sincerely mean every word I say when I say grace and mercy, because I'm, I'm going to talk about another aspect of this in another um, episode, but when I came to the realization just how Jesus and his blessed mother had gotten me to this point and were still allowing me a chance to, to make up for my rebellion, my hatred, my contempt, not just toward God, but toward my fellow man as well. And nobody's ever going to mistake me for some college-educated middle-class office worker. Just ain't going to happen. And I realized that, I mean, <laughs> with that kind of realization, you realize just how much you owe Jesus and his blessed mother. You realize it. And I'm afraid that lesson sometimes, it doesn't appear that a lot of people have internalized this message, that they honestly do not, it, it seems like, and I'm, by the way, it, I'm not broad brushing, I'm, I'm making a generalization. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it doesn't, move on. But a lot of people don't seem to understand or internalize this concept. And 
you know, because people are people, the reasons vary. Because once you come to the realization just how much you owe Jesus Christ and his blessed mother, you your life will never be this. Well, it depends. It depends on the person. For me personally, when somebody does me, I mean, just goes out of their way to help me out in a really tight spot. I feel obligated to that person in a deep and personal way. Like I said, this is just me, but I did say the example. I was going to use myself as an example. So um, I believe the Japanese samurai had a... uh, term for this called a blood debt meaning that um, somebody helped that samurai out of a position that he had no way of paying them back at all so part of the samurai code was he was bound to them by duty and honor Now, I'm not comparing myself, obviously, to a 15th century German, uh, I'm sorry, Japanese warrior. I'm just saying, um, I've been a pretty scummy individual in my life, but um, I did have a, a, a very, because I was totally secular, a very crude sense of honor. And a, a crude sense of duty. And I think if more people realized just how much they owe Jesus Christ and his blessed mother, at the very least, at the very least, they'd they'd be extremely grateful to them for what they've gone through and how they've helped them out in life. But I'm afraid in this day and age, a lot of people are narcissistic and self-centered. Not all people, not all, I'm just saying a lot, are self uh, narcissistic and self-centered. And they don't even, oh, and we can toss in while I'm on the subject, um, they're not self-reflective and they're not critical thinkers. So a lot of people just go through their day-to-day existence without even thinking about like I said, a lot of people, not everybody, um, they don't they don't even take the time to recognize, you know, that they they owe not only do they owe Jesus Christ and, their, and his blessed mother for everything that they have in their life, whether rich or poor, and the things that they've been brought through, whether rich or poor. They also have to recognize that they brought them a chance of salvation. And they're giving them a chance to get into heaven. Now, a lot of people who consider themselves Catholics. And once again, I'm not saying uh, all of them, but with some, I've noticed that they... I, I don't know if you if you listen to them talk, it sounds like they think that, well, there's hell if you're really bad, there's purgatory, 
if you're almost perfect and then there's heaven if you're a saint. And that's not how it works. You got to hit purgatory to get into heaven. Purgatory is not, is not a way station. Well, I mean, it is, but I mean, it's not, it's not a, there, there are no three options. Heaven, hell, or purgatory. There's two, heaven or hell. Um, and people just, oh, I, I'm sorry. I, what I'll say is, is there, there are certain people that think, you know, like there's three options and there isn't, there's either heaven or hell. And once you come to that realization that you need mother Mary and Lord Jesus to get to purgatory itself, I, I think once, um, uh, at least for the ones that consider themselves Catholic, they, they, they would be praying their rosary every day and they would be making a more concerted effort into getting into heaven. And the reason why I'm talking about this particular passage of the Gospels is because <clears throat> and like I said it wasn't a one-time deal you know it wasn't like uh, Saul on his donkey getting knocked on his butt by Jesus and being blinded and then he was a totally different man um for most of us, you know, I, I would be so bold as to hazard a guess for 99% of us, once we come to the realization just how much we know, how much we owe Jesus and his blessed mother, it's a, it's going to be a gradual growth unless God's will di dictates up otherwise. But um, once, and like I said, you know, there there will be times where I'll either be in prayer or, uh, you know, I'll be doing something else and I'll think back to my past and I'll be like, man, if Jesus hadn't loved me and his blessed mother, I, that could have gone so badly. I could have died and gone to hell. There were a lot of times, I, I ain't gonna lie, guys. I, I literally, right now, I shouldn't be speaking to you. I shouldn't be where I'm at. I should be in hell, roasting with the other damned. And because I don't want to make this too personal, I'm not going to... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, elaborate. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm not going to elaborate. Suffice it to say, though, um, you know, I, I think for me personally, I think for me personally, on top of everything, that a human being has to go through 
And I'm not just talking through life. I'm just meaning in your day-to-day existence. Getting up, going to work. If, you, if you're married with kids, you know, taking care of your kids, uh, taking care of your wife, you know, and the, the uh, interpersonal relationships that go on in the family setting. Not just that, but just... Um, you know, just day-to-day existence. Because I'm I'm willing to bet that 99% of the people that bother to listen to what I say is understands that, you know, um, you get a package to get, get stolen. Your boss yells at you. Uh, one of your coworkers at work starts a rumor about you. Um, you and your wife have a fight. Uh, your favorite kid gets sick. And anybody who tells you that they don't have a favorite's a liar. Parents do. Now, they shouldn't run around and say, well, I like Jill better than Johnny. Shouldn't do that, but they do have favorites. Um... But just that aspect of it, and for me personally, and you know, and I'm trying to surrender myself to divine providence, meaning that I try not to gripe and moan about things that are willed by God, and everything is willed by God, you know, I don't care if you. Believe me or not, it is. But the hardest thing for me personally to get over, because I'm the type of person that I feel honor-bound and duty-bound to God, is realizing while I'm here on earth, I'll never measure up to what, you know. I mean... That's why his grace, love, and mercy is so great. Because, you know, um, except for the greatest saints who were his favorites, and he did have favorites, nobody measures up. Nobody. And I've never liked being in debt to a person, especially a person I cared about. I never liked it, and I've always tried to keep on uh, track of my, you know, if I owe somebody, say, like 10 bucks, I try to pay them back as soon as I get the money. But another hard part of this aspect is, is realizing I'll never be able to pay God back. Never. God, God is literally giving me a gift. That I can't earn it, and I don't deserve it. And I really would, I would really love, you know, um, to somehow or another show him the honor you know, by giving something back to him. 
But the only thing I can give him is my only, I'm sorry, is only my very stunted sense of love. And it it really, it's hard. It really is. Especially if you're like me. You never really loved anyone or anything for the majority of your life. I mean, with a true love, not the modern, oh, I love you. I'm talking about the um, the Greek love that's called agape. Um, and by the way, when I say Greek love, for you moderns out there, I'm not talking about the perverted Greek love. I'm talking about the word agape is in in the greek it's a it's a pure disinterested love um i just um it's hard for me i i'm just going to be upfront it's 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 hard for me to Stomach the fact that I will never be able to um, love God while I'm here on earth as he deserves to be loved. And honestly speaking, the tougher part, I'm sorry, not the tougher, one of the toughest parts of this realization is, is I don't like being in debt to anybody. I mean, absolutely nobody. But yeah, I owe God everything and his blessed mother, especially his blessed mother. And for you Protestants out there who think, oh, she's just a regular woman. She's not important. I'm going to forgive you because you don't know what you're saying. Once you come to that realization, you'll realize that she's as much a part of this equation as as her son is. If you ever get to that realization. And Lord willing, you will. And when you come to that realization, you're going to... It's going to change your perspective on the whole thing. It just is. So... Um, I'm going to wrap this up. So when Jesus says too much has been given, much is required. He's bottom lining saying everybody owes him everything. Their utmost, their times, their talents, their abilities, their fortunes. And by the way, This doesn't get talked about nearly often enough. All the money or lack of it that you do get, those are gifts from God. You might have a middleman of a boss or a major corporation sending you that money, but that's a gift to God. That that's you, you, you know, and I hate to admit this, uh, I learned this in Protestantism. 
as I said, my Protestant preachers were good and decent men. They just had the wrong idea about God. But they, you know, they, they, they talk about being a wise steward of the gifts of God. And it just doesn't mean, you know, your mental or your physical. It actually means the money or the, uh, or the items that you have. And, um, we go, we owe God and his blessed mother everything. And so much is required of all of us, not, not the independently wealthy guy living in some chalet in Colorado or Switzerland, but everybody from the poorest peon in Mexico to the, to the middle-class shopkeep in Vietnam or France, everybody owes God everything. And it's required of us to give back as we are able. So anyway, guys, I hope and pray you got something out of this. I really do. Um, and I'm going to continue to use this as my ending, my closing sentence. Even if you think I'm full of crap or whatever, if you gave me 30 minutes of your time, Hey, I appreciate it, man. You know, if you stuck with me for 30 minutes thinking that I'm just some blowhard idiot running off at the jibs, I'll thank you anyway. You didn't have to listen. Take this for what it's worth. I'm praying for everyone. And I would like to see as many people go to heaven as possible. Thank you for listening. Have a good day. God bless you and bye-bye.